Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's a guy who ain't afraid of no ghost island. I am Rob Sisternino, and we back. We back. It's Survivor season, Josh Wiggler. Oh my god, we back. Uh, if you don't believe in ghosts, I believe this is not the season for you. This is for... The supernatural enthusiasts, and I'm not talking about the long-running CW drama, the Charlie Whiskey. <laughs> yes, on the Charlie Whiskey. No, that is that is not what we are here to talk about. We're here to talk about the announcement of Survivor Ghost Island, Josh. You say that as though like anybody knew what Ghost Island was before this. I thought that today was the day that everybody found out what Ghost Island was. No, I feel like that we still don't know what Ghost Island is. <laughs> Here's uh, what speak I did. I mean, yourself, sounds like, Rob. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess I'm, I'm talking to a man who uh, may or may or may not know a thing or two about how Ghost Island works. Josh Wiggler, who of course was out on location last summer to be there for the preseason and uh, first couple days of Survivor 36. He has uh, kicked off his extensive coverage over on THR. That stands for the Hollywood Reporter dot com and is also the host and creator of the hit preseason podcast. First one out available in the Rob has a podcast uh, podcast feed edited by uh, Taryn Armstrong. We back. We back. We back. Mr. do. Yeah. 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 Very excited about that. Uh, did not. I, I genuinely didn't think that we were going to do Foo 2. I did not think that first one out two was going to be a thing. And then I started diving into the preseason material around the end of December after Triple H had wrapped. I was like, OK, I got to start getting things ready, got to start getting things lined up. And as I was kind of like listening through the material, it felt like I think we've got enough. I think we've got enough for a second first one out here. And I consulted with Taryn. We had some back and forth. Uh, and first one out, Ghost Zero was born. The Ghost Zero aspect was always going to be a thing. Uh, but packaging it under first one out. This was uh, a late a late addition to the to the lineup. So it's here. It's real. It's happening. And uh, I guess I guess we got to talk about it. I guess we got to talk about what's going on. Okay. So overall, uh, first one out is available and uh, there is uh, one hour and 20 minutes of the first one out episode one for you to listen to, including a extensive interview with the host and executive producer of Survivor, Jeff Probst, who you got to talk to. So I'm sure we will touch on that. And then maybe uh, some more first one out is coming uh, sooner than you think. Yeah, so the first one out, uh, the first first one out of season two, uh, it debuted on the same day as the big cast release. So that's available for you to listen to on the RHAP feed. Then this podcast that you're uh, that we're recording right now, that's going to drop. And then we're not going to let you uh, we're not going to make you wait long for episode two of first one out season two. That's going to be dropping this Friday. So we're front loading the uh, the first week of the first one out premiere. It's a it's a double header. It's a it's a double side premiere just split across a day but you can hop right back into the first one out action as soon as this friday okay so be on the lookout for that coming up on friday and that's going to be in the podcast feed look we're not going to do an ad here today we're going to this is a uh, commercial free presentation the only thing we'll say at the top of this show the top of the season if you like all this stuff the first one out all these podcasts we're going to do do us a solid and leave us a rating and some feedback 
in the iTunes store. Go to robisawebsite.com slash iTunes for that, for the Rob is a podcast podcast feed. Always appreciate that here at the start of the season. Okay, Josh. I thought you were about to issue a wand off warning. No, like, I don't no, have, no I don't wand off here today. No, do, no, no, <laughs> don't get people already worked up already. First one out is the preseason. Then the wand off in the wiggle room is the regular season. Like it's either like extraordinarily self-serious with me or ridiculously over the top goofy. There is no Goldilocks middle ground when it comes to Josh Wiggler anymore. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Yeah, not yet. I don't know where that's going to be. We'll we'll see if we can figure that out. Okay. So we have so many different things to get to here. Okay. Of course. Uh, so now we we know who these twenty cast members are, and we know a little bit more about Ghost Island. So Josh, uh, tell us from your conversation with uh, Jeff and your experience out there in Fiji. Uh, what is the vision of Ghost Island? Yeah, so I think, you know, if you're if you're trying to think about like how it's going to work in terms of the game, the starting point is Exile Island. It's not Redemption Island. There is no component uh, as far as I was made aware. And I cannot imagine that there's going to be any sort of 11th hour twist uh, that there's no Redemption Island type of component, even though it's Ghost Island and it's haunted and it's spooky. There is no sort of uh, resurrection component involved in terms of players getting voted out, getting sent to Ghost Island and then coming back into the game. It's a lot more like Exile Island where you're going to get banished to Ghost Island. Someone's going to get sent to Ghost Island. The exact specifics of how that's going to happen in every single episode, that's a little bit unclear. The way it's going to work, at least in this first episode, for the first person to go to Ghost Island, uh, is that they are going to be selected by the winning tribe of this first immunity challenge. Uh, One person from the losing tribe is going to be sent to Ghost Island, and they are going to be immune from the vote at Tribal Council. Okay. Uh, so, so that's what we know for the for the first person who gets sent to Ghost Island. But how you get there after that, I'm in the dark. I have no idea. And I think that the idea of Ghost Island overall, which we've we've heard from the promos uh, already, like it's the graveyard of bad survivor decisions. If you know anything about Ghost Island in terms of that stuff, it's pretty clear by now that relics from the past, idols that were misplayed, advantages that appeared in previous seasons of Survivor. Those items are back in the game. Many of those items are back in the game, and it's the genuine article, not replicas, the authentic original piece, and they're going to get new life here on Ghost Island. And I think in terms of the island itself, it's not necessarily the place where you're going to find all of those items. You might find clues that point you in the direction of those items perhaps back at at camp or maybe they're gonna you know throw idols at challenges again who really knows but ghost island itself is kind of mysterious in it seems like they are you know it's like a mystery that's going to unfold across the season like the exact like extent and scope and what is on ghost island and what ghost island itself is capable of is going to be a slow-burning reveal across the season. They're viewing Ghost Island kind of as a character, uh, so it should make it for an interesting theme. Like, Not only is there this theme of reversing curses and being haunted by bad decisions, but there's also like the survivor god has actually been brought 
into the lore about of the, the survivor show. devil. I don't know about the survivor devil. Hopefully we'll make a cameo at some point in this season, at least on the podcasts. Um, so I think that's one of the things that they're really uh, looking forward to rolling out with ghost Island. This season. to be honest, I still don't quite understand the ghost Island mechanic in terms of that. It just seems like that there is a lot of stuff at this survivor swap meet that's out there. And I don't know, are there just going to be way more idols and advantages in this game than we're used to? Because that's a lot of stuff. I mean, it goes on. Or is it only some of it is going to be used? I don't really know exactly how that all right. works. And yeah. uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to have a, you know, uh, you know, gut reaction one way or the other. You know, I think uh, with anything, I think it's all in the execution. I think a lot of it is uh they were really cagey with us on location in terms of what they were willing to reveal to us. And I think a piece of that is they really want the exact specific nature of the theme of the season of the twists that are along the way to really just kind of take their own course and unfold in their own right. Um, my impression having been out there is that a lot of the artifacts and relics that are on display that are being brought back from seasons past are exactly that on display. Like when you go to Ghost Island, there are like sites, there are like sacred sites that have uh, immunity necklaces like t- like tethered onto spears sticking out of the ground or idols that are like um, are are lording over you from the from the cliff face from the rock staring down at you. So a lot of these things, like Dalton Ross, has this really extensive list of all of the the items that are returning to Survivor for Ghost Island, and many of them are not going to be in use during the game. I would imagine there's he says eighty two items. I can't imagine there's going to be eighty two active idols and advantages. And if so, I quit straight straight up. Uh, I doubt that that's the case. A lot of it is really um, it's the you know, it's the name of the first chapter or first one out. Matt Van Wagner, executive producer, describes Ghost Island as the spooky playground, that it really is this place that gives you kind of this haunting energy of Survivor and what has happened in the past and mistakes that, that have been made before. So I wonder how much of it will translate on yeah. um, on screen for the viewer. But I think in terms of the active experience of being out there, there is a power to it that's impossible to, de- to deny, speaking from experience, that it's really just uh, it's really exhilarating to, to be out there and surrounded by so much survivor history. So I, I don't know how many advantages and idols are going to be in the game. It's certainly a question that I have as well. They don't seem to be worried about that aspect. Take that as you will. Uh, but I think that a lot of it is for sort of the creation of this universe that they're that they're trying to you know this mythology that they're trying to embellish and elaborate upon yeah one of the things that i thought came up a lot in your uh first episode of first one out was that it happened so close to the game changers finale that it was because it was you know i think they had played survivor 35 while uh survivor game changers was airing but then they came back and then the the reaction to Survivor Game Changers seemed like that was very top of mind. And how Sari went out of the game comes up a lot in that first episode. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I think Advantage Geddon was very much on. It was certainly very much on my mind. A lot of Game Changers was really on my mind um, going out there for Ghost Island since it was so fresh. So a lot of the a lot of the questions, the, the lines of inquiry that I that I tossed in the direction of both Probst and the cast members, a lot of it was really fueled by what had happened on Game 
game changers. And the advantage is uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, podcast time was spent talking through like the fear of advantage getting happening and this imminent disaster that we seem to be careening towards. And of course, it happened. And poor Sari is the one who is knocked out of the game and Probst has like a very uh, funny Probstian quote. I thought the way that he, he delivered it where he said, it's not going to surprise people who hate me, but I thought the Sari tribal council was not only fantastic, but it fulfilled the promise of the survivor game changers poster. Um, and I think that he, he feels like that was a once in a survivor lifetime type of moment. And he's not concerned about the amount of idols and the amount of advantages that are in the game leading us to a direction uh, to a similar direction again in the future. Take that as you will. I think, you know, if you're, if you're one of the fans of the show who is a little worried about, especially with how much there, there was even in heroes versus healers versus hustlers, this is a season that is built around a very cool idea of bringing so many of these, um, these idols and artifacts and relics of the past back into the game. Uh, But that does also open up the questions of like, how much of that stuff and what is that going to do to impact the game? And I don't think that that's an invalid concern at all. But I did hear Matt Van Wagnon say in your interview with him in first one out that they did like the idea of there being some sort of a timer or shot clock with these and said that really the problem in Game Changers was the conservative use of the idols, which led to them all being still in pockets when you got down to the final six. And then they all came out at the same time. So I thought that we saw that a little bit in Survivor 35. And I wonder if we are moving into a area in Survivor history where maybe we're getting to, okay, this week's secret advantage is blank. And then, right. you know, it's like, okay, well, that's the theme of the episode. This idol is going to come into play. How's that going to affect this vote? But it's only good for this week. And then next episode, we have a new thing that we're going to be dealing with. Yeah, my feeling is that things are going to be like really shaken up from from round to round in terms of what Ghost Island has available to you and like what Ghost Island offers up or what you're able to get out of Ghost Island. It sounds like there's some sort of sacrificial component uh, to how you are going to be interacting with Ghost Island. I don't know exactly what that's going to entail, but Probst was, you know, I asked him about this. I, you know, I, I knew going out there for Ghost Island, having been out there for 35, that they had that, you know, that shot clock on the the super idol in the first episode, the one that Ryan ends up getting. And so I asked him if he thought that expiration dates was going to be something that continued into 36. And he said, it's quite likely what's fun about it is it forces a move right now. It might not mean you get to the end, but it means you have an opportunity to make a decision right now and you can impact the game or get cold feet and not make a decision. It's up to you, but it has no power tomorrow, which doesn't mean somebody wouldn't have an advantage, not play it. No, it's powerless, but try to front that it still has power. There are a lot of ways you could play with that. And of course, we saw that uh, idea in effect in the finale of 35 with the super idol returning and then being used as a bluff. Though I loved your idea with uh, with Dr. Mike. I really do think you cracked the code on how that should have been used. Yeah, uh, that's uh, very fun stuff from the interview with uh, Dr. Mike. Uh, some of the safe for work content that was in my interview uh, with Dr. Mike. And I also have oh interviews with Ben and Chrissy <laughs> as well. If you happen yes. to catch those. I have a quick thing I want to ask you about that is a spoiler from the end of first one out. So if you are listening to 
to this in the order of this first, and then you want to listen to this first one out, maybe skip ahead a minute or two. But Josh, I want to ask you about what you revealed at the end of first one out, where you talked about how you, in fact, were the first one out to spend the night at Ghost Island. Oh my God. I'm Ghost Zero. I'm Ghost Zero. Uh, The twist of first one out Ghost Zero is I am Ghost Zero. I was the first one out to Ghost Island, which was horrifying and an experience you shall hear across the course of the podcast, which I'm very nervous to release to the universe. Uh, but it's going to be out there, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be ridiculous. But no, it was it was um, it was an exciting prospect. Uh, while I was out there for 35, I started to hear whispers of uh, of Ghost Island and rumors that this was going to be the theme for the next season. And I've gotten to do a lot of cool things while I've been out on location. I've gotten to you know compete in a bunch of challenges. I get to talk to the contestants. I get to talk to probes. That's all well and good. I get to see Tribal Council. That's incredible. It's you know dream come true type of stuff. But I'm never going to be able to play Survivor, obviously. Like, I've seen how the sausage gets made. It's just not a a realistic uh, possibility. But nor would I really want to. But I would like to, you know, come close to experiencing it. And I I was really excited about the idea of doing an overnight, which is something that I had never done before. So uh, a lot of press on location for Ghost Island. But I was the only one who did an overnight on Ghost Island. And that was the night before the game began. So whoever uh, has spent nights on Ghost Island uh, in the subsequent episodes ahead in the actual season proper, I'm sorry for stinking up the place before you got there. I, I I really made a mess of the place. And then... How did that come about? Did you present the idea and said, like, hey, uh, if you're going to have this Ghost Island, can I stay there one night? Or did they ask you about, like, uh, this is kind of a crazy idea, but would you want to be the first person to stay at Ghost Island? No, it was totally my ask, and I'm pretty sure that they didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they... And you're like, come like, on, oh my God, let yeah, me stay I, there. I, you know, it wasn't like I was really uh, pulling teeth or anything in order to do it. But I think that they, you know, they were they were not entirely sure what it would entail and what would need to be done. You know, I threw the ask out there kind of expecting it to be a no. And after a little while of not hearing back, it was a yes. And suddenly I was deeply, 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 very anxious, very, very mm. quickly uh, and went into prep mode. Uh, I, I like I lost like a bunch of weight in like the two months going into uh, into the stay on Ghost Island. Like I wanted to do like a little bit of the survivor prep. Have since regained it all, and then some, of course. Uh, and as you will hear, uh, if you hear those uh, those flint striking noises throughout the uh, throughout that first episode of First One Out, won't be the last time you hear similar noises as I am attempting to you know fire represents your life out there and it's the same for ghost zero so it's a very ridiculous goofy adventure i think the contrast between super serious first one out narrator voice and then ghost island ghost zero josh wiggler i think is going to be pretty distinct that you're really going to be able to tell which one is which because one is seems to be very measured and one seems to be actively losing his mind. I think it'll be fun. If you've ever wanted to see or hear me on Survivor, this is the closest you're ever going to get. Okay, and then we will hear that coming up in a future episode of First One Out. Josh, one of the things that has been highly promoted here today is that there are a number of super fans in this cast, uh, which is also uh, has been noted to be a younger cast than we're used to. 
on Survivor, but the super fans are here. And I think that sort of goes hand in hand with this idea of that we have all of these relics and there is maybe a theory that the relics which were misplayed will maybe get inside the heads of the super fans that are out there. I think there's that. I think the other piece of it too is if you're going to have a season that is built on the back of survivors own history uh, I don't think that you could just like toss that stuff out there without it being recognized by the player. Otherwise, it's just not going to be acknowledged by the audience at all. So I think the idea was we got to cast a bunch of fans. It's not unilaterally across the board, super fans, no matter what anyone says. There's a bunch of people who are really, really diehard, deep cut day one survivor fans. Then a bunch of people who are newer, uh, you know, some who really took the training very seriously, though. Uh, So it's a it's a really fun group, very young group um, as well. Uh, But I I think in terms of like if they find like, I don't know if they find James's idol from China, for for instance, then they're just going to be like, why does this idol look like a weird block of wood instead of being able to articulate to the audience? This is James Clement's idol from China. I remember exactly where I was when I saw that happen oh my God, I can't get voted out with this thing in my pocket. So I think it's also like it it is psychologically impacting for the player, but I think it's also really important that the survivor player knows what they're talking about that so they can accurately and adequately narrate it back to, to us, the viewers. How much do you feel like that the pressure to not misplay an idol or advantage, which had been previously misplayed or misused how much do you feel like that that will get into the heads of these players i bet it gets into the heads of these players i really do i think so i think you know i imagine if steven was on this season and then got his advantage again i I, he'd have to be medically evacuated yeah the gastrointestinal distress it would be too much and it would be instant and it would be everywhere (laughs) uh so yeah i think that would be that would be very very bad and so I think if you if you now apply that to like, you know, a good swath of these people who have been dreaming about coming out here forever for a very long time, uh, now getting the chance to to play and they get their hands on an idol. And it's not only an idol, but it's like an idol that they know and an idol that they remember and that they know the history of. I think that that would get into my head. I don't know about you. I mean, as somebody who's never played, but has worshipped the show and has loved the show since I was a kid, you know, since it first came out, basically. Uh, I feel like that would it would both excite me, but it would also really rev me up in in terms of the paranoia. I think I would be very anxious. Uh, I would feel empowered and I would feel terrified, which I think is a sweet spot for Survivor. So I think it's cool. I like it. Any standouts uh, from the cast for you? I'm sure there's a, a bunch, but oh uh, are there any notable people that you want to highlight? No sort of celebrities or famous people here in this cast in Survivor 36. No, it is uh, all newbies. No, no athletes. Though a lot of people thought uh, Chris Noble, male model from New York City. A lot of people thought that maybe he was like a pro football player or a retired athlete of some kind. Uh, he is not. He is a model. He has a billboard somewhere in New York City that he will happily tell you about. He is uh, he is a character. He's a character for sure. 
I, I think when we get to my interview with him, like that should be that should be pretty compelling stuff. No, there's a there's a lot of people. I'm trying to think of who who really comes to mind in terms of the standouts. Um, I mean, this guy Wendell Holland is uh, is Jeff Probst's winner pick. He's the furniture maker who was uh, a law student and a lawyer who quit his job as a lawyer to pursue a passion in uh, in making furniture. Who calls his shot when when he sits down across from me? This is going to be in the second episode of first one out. Uh, he sits down across from me and just like points at everything that's around us in our space where we're doing the interview of like how he would make a fake idol. And I thought that was really impressive. Um, there is this guy, Brendan Shapiro, who is a phys ed teacher. He's 41 years old. He's the oldest man in the game and second oldest player overall. It's really crazy that like I would be one of the oldest people on this season and it wouldn't be close. Like I would be one of the oldest people by a good stretch. Uh, it's a very, very young group, but Brendan mm. had been, he'd been applying since at least season four and got very close in season four. Uh, so I kind of think of him as like the alternate universe Hunter Ellis. Uh, he kind of even looks like him. Uh, so he's finally got his shot. We've got a, an RHAP super fan on, uh, on the season. Are you aware of this one? Just at, at least one, at least one Laurel Johnson. I thought Johnson, these were su- Survivor Superfans. <laughs> Laurel Johnson, RHAP Superfan. Uh, a bunch of people who certainly listen to a ton of the podcast. Bradley Kleeg, or is it Kleig? I really mm-hmm. don't know how to pronounce his yeah. last name. Is a big know-it-alls fan. Was nagging me pretty hard uh, during <laughs> the, the interview. Was, uh, that <laughs> kind of got under my skin, but it's all good. Um, yeah, just a bunch of people who who love this show. I mean, it's 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 really uh, it, it, there's a lot of love for Survivor among this cast, uh, and it was really exciting to see. And I'm really pumped to see how it shakes out for them once they once they get the chance to get out there. I guess another standout would be the 18 year old disguised as a 23 year old Mm -hmm. uh the real estate agent michael yerger who's also a model who has a pretty ugly guy i don't know yeah i don't know very (laughs) significant instagram presence that guy uh he's uh he's 18 years old so he's the the will wall of the season except he lives his life as a 23 year old in in the real world uh and plans to to act accordingly out here so i don't i don't know like i think that that's uh that's a compelling storyline to me where i mean he looks like he could read as 25 to me very oh, yeah. easily. Yeah, so I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. He reminds me of myself when I was 18. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I was going to say dead Wonder ringer. Said, uh, yeah. Contestant, you're most likely. No, he didn't say me. That's yeah. Weird. Dead ringer. Dead ringer. <laughs> yeah. So I know I'm excited and I'm sure we, we will have cast previews and uh, we'll get into uh, in much greater depth. Uh, all of these no speed dating, no speed dating yeah. this season, unfortunately, just that's just fun. just the first one out. But, you know, tons of stuff that's going to be like I'll have all my THR articles and Dalton's going to do all of his stuff. And Gordon Holmes is out there as well. So uh, it's going to be a full fledged preseason with tons of material. I think like E.T. Canada already dropped all of their interviews. Bold, bold move. E.T. Yeah, Canada is not messing around. Well, Aaron's not with ET Cannon anymore, but she is all over all of those well, interviews. Well, when she uh, was there, yeah, yeah, wasn't no, messing one, around. One final hurrah with the incredible Aaron Sebula, who is fantastic. So, lots of really, really great stuff from the preseason. Like, if you don't, if the first one out stuff is too self serious for you, totally understood, totally get it. There's tons of material out there that you'll be able to enjoy. So, I'm really excited 
to see some of these interviews, some legendary interviews with uh, especially Gordon had one or two that I really can't wait to read. <laughs> so it should be good. It should be good. It should be really fun. OK, let's talk about some other things that uh, we've gotten in clearer focus today. Let's talk about the opening to the game. And Dalton Ross wrote about this today. And I thought that this was really exciting. And to me, this is reminiscent of something that they did at the start of Survivor Samoa, where uh, they had the tribes pick out a leader and then pick out people who were going to run parts of a challenge. And I believe back in the Evolution of Strategy, which for the uninitiated is a 300 hour examination of the first 30 seasons of Survivor hosted by myself and Josh Wiggler. It's a ridiculous available thing. at evolutionstrategy.com. But we talked about how we really did like this, uh, what they did there when uh, Mick and Russell Swan had to pick out the different people who were going to run parts of this relay race. Uh, Josh, so this something like this is back. Is that were you thinking of this Samoa first challenge? It's really elaborate. Uh, I, I think I was thinking more about the the twists than I was thinking about the. I mean, the design of it. I think what you're what you're comparing it to. It is very similar, where uh, people are basically selected for roles, and then they have to occupy these roles for the sake of this challenge. So the way it works is that each tribe is going to pick somebody on their tribe to be the leader of their tribe for the purposes of this challenge. That leader then, in turn, gets to pick one person to represent them as an athlete and one person to represent them as like the smartest person on their tribe, their puzzle maker, the person who's going to be uh, who's going to excel in puzzles. So each leader makes those choices. And then these two people are going to be tasked with the athletes going to have to run an obstacle course and the smart person is going to have to operate a puzzle uh, at stake. There is a massive uh, tool building, a uh, shelter building kit, a uh, tool kit that is available to the winning tribe. Um, however, what's even more interesting is what happens should you lose the challenge. This is the this is the real big kicker where whoever wins the challenge wins this shelter building kit. But whoever loses the challenge loses their fishing gear. Both tribes are outfitted with fishing gear at the start of the season. They have fishing gear, they have a pot, they've got a machete, and they've got rice. But it is a significantly reduced portion of rice. It is a very, very limited amount of rice. There's an emphasis on the survival aspect this season that we can get into if you want to get into that. But if the if one tribe loses this opening challenge, they lose their fishing gear, which would be a massive blow. Uh, so to give uh, a further complication to this challenge there is a ticking time bomb aspect to the challenge once the two tribes are in the puzzle making stage of the challenge there's an hourglass that gets flipped and once the sand runs out of the hourglass the window to make a decision runs out you can no longer make the decision to forfeit the challenge you can choose as the leader and only the leader can decide whether or not they're going to forfeit the challenge. If they don't think that they are going to beat the other tribe, they can choose to throw it. They get to keep their fishing gear, but now the other tribe is going to win the shelter building kit. And on top of that, they're going to win a supply of eggs as well as a flint for fire at the start of the game. So it's really trying to channel that idea of one bad decision can haunt you forever. Like this, this like sort of like the warning shot of hard decisions to make with time running out is really on full display right at the start of the season. And it was it was a crazy challenge to watch. It was really, really intense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it's a it's a good opening. I thought it was a really good opening. So that's the that's the first sort of big twist of of the season, Ghost Island, notwithstanding. And the tension, I guess, really comes from this idea of you know with the puzzle, it's hard to see. You know, if somebody might be able to put it together really quick, and the tribe leader, if they pull the plug on it, that the smart persons is like, hey, I had it. What were you doing? Right. Or right. Oh, what do you think? I'm dumb now. You think I didn't? You think I didn't know what I was doing? That you pulled the plug? Why did you leave me in there? I had it. So hopefully uh, we get some uh, intra-tribe uh, conflict. Or, you know, like the other piece of that, too, is like if the leader like still just has like an unhealthy amount of confidence in the puzzle solver who might be like, no, pull the plug. We're you not going to be able to do got, it. I do. I don't got this. <laughs> right. And then they lose and they lose their fishing gear like that would not be good. So I think, you know, basically any way that you slice it, I think it's going to be fairly compelling. So it's really engineering drama right off the jump. So, OK, excited to see that. Also, Josh, so we are back to two tribes of 10 this season. And I have to say, I think that's an underrated way to start the season, especially here with new players. Yes, we had this in Millennials versus Gen X. Didn't lead to the most excitement ever when we had the Gen X tribe going to Tribal Council a bunch of times. We did have uh, David Wright playing the idol for Jessica Lewis, but I feel like that overall, the time spent at the Gen X tribe of 10 was you know not super memorable whereas the millennial stuff with that tribe of 10 uh that was very exciting but hey look it's like it's like we have two tribes of millennials this season yeah <laughs> yeah that's something i get into with van wagner like are you ever going to do millennial island is a is a question i posed to him so we'll get into that later in the preseason but uh yeah i think it, it, i i think that this is right i think that ghost island is the first all new player season to have two tribes that are not separated based on any theme um, returning player seasons, notwithstanding since Samoa, I think uh, like I'm factoring in like Philippines, you know, there's really no tribe, you know, rhyme or reason to the tribe division there, but that has three returning players. So anything that has a returning player in it, uh, I think that that Ghost Island is is the first one in a very long time to just basically be like, you know, the best split, um, you know, according to the producers, like making the making the teams and just like trying to do it very fairly in that regard. So that's kind of interesting. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a long time. It's exciting. And I feel like that in the tribes of 10, I do think that you have more room to maneuver as opposed to in the tribe of six where things happen so fast. Two, three people get together. That's an alliance and you're not in it. Boom. There's not a lot that you can do there. Whereas I feel like that in the tribe of 10, it's like you have a lot of moves to be able to, you know, there's probably like, oh, it's between three or four people who are potentially going home. And you really, I think, control your own destiny a little bit more with a bigger tribe. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, I think that there's a lot that Three Tribes does give you. I think, uh, but for down me, the road, I think, yeah, I think for me, Three Tribes, I, I do, I do like it because I feel like you can get to know the cast a little easier. For me, right. just as a as a viewer, like I feel like you're forced to like get like some sort of interaction or impression with just about every single player on the board. So I do like that. But even thinking back to like I don't know, like uh, the first Blood versus Water that that first episode, I felt like I got to know so many of those characters right off the jump, and that was Two Tribes of Ten. Um, I like it. I love Two Tribes. I'm you know that's that's certainly like the Survivor classic, and I think. 
think to to go back to that, even if it's not two tribes of eight, which I don't think we'll ever see again. I I think with these tribes of six, uh, oh, you get to know everybody. Sometimes that's overrated. You know, maybe I don't need to know everybody. If somebody's not doing anything, uh, I'm I'm good because in Australian Survivor, they had tribes of twelve. And of then, a thousand. You know, you're two weeks in. Like, who's this person? I didn't even know. But you know what? Because they were boring. They weren't doing anything. Right. So uh, right. if you're boring and you don't need to see, I don't need to see every single person. No, I think I, I think that there's. I think that that's a decent take. I don't think that that's a. I don't think that's a bad take at all. I think that if it's if it's you know it's nice to get to hear from every single person on the show if you can if you can. Uh, but I think it's also just like whatever is best for the coherence of like the that. narrative and, the, <laughs> and the, whatever is best for the coherence of the narrative and the gameplay. And I think going back to two tribes for a little while, I think uh, would not be the worst thing in the world. That's fine. So I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. I I'll, I'll be curious to see if they do like that, you know, two goes to three move, which is, uh, which has become kind of popular in the recent seasons. Um, We'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll find out. We'll see. Uh, I think you could also let two play down. I mean, if I would like that too. I'd be a fan of that. that that's yeah. fine as well. All right, Josh, you mentioned this in talking about how the challenge uh, was going to involve food and that the survival aspects were going to be ratcheted up this season. This is something that was a bit of a blind side to me because I had thought that following what went on with Beast Mode Cowboy and, and Medivacs in various different seasons, that Survivor was going to continue to be less focused about the survival elements and wanting to keep people as healthy and well-nourished as possible and still having it be Survivor. So I was really surprised when I read in your article today that Survivor is really cutting back the rations for the players as far as rice is concerned. Yeah, so they're giving them... Uh they're cutting their rice in half. And according to probes, that means we're cutting the minimum amount of rice. Our medical team was comfortable with giving them in half, knowing they're going to have to find coconuts and there are plenty, but it takes work and can only eat so much coconut meat before you become a coconut that, or you're going to have to go out into the water. Is we that what happened to really, Joe and Mike? I think that's right. <laughs> he says, uh, we gave them a really big fishing kit and there's a lot of fish out there. People have been catching fish out here in Fiji every season. Uh, so I think that the idea and I, it, to me at the time, it was a really big surprise. Uh, I think now in hindsight, knowing what we know about how triple H wrapped up with that new format change of you have to make fire for uh, the final four in order to get into the final three for two people. It's not a vote anymore that there does seem to be this shifting emphasis on, can you survive out there? Can you, you know, can you thrive in this environment? And why is that not more of a a criteria in your success or your failure in the game anymore? Um, Whether or not you like that, you know, take take it or leave it. But I think that that's sort of the philosophy that is, that is behind a move like this uh, is to kind of just really emphasize that aspect that's you know maybe a little more old school i don't know if i love it and i think that you you bring a, up a really good point about the the beast mode cowboy thing at this point it's like don't like feed them sandwiches and stuff like it's still got to be yeah. survivor but and like, that was I, a hydration issue more than yeah. a food issue but, yeah, but like give them give them you know water and you know give them uh you know a basic supply of food i think at least uh, would be would be my thinking if I was a decision maker behind this. So I don't know that I love this one uh, so much, personally speaking. Yeah, my attitude was sort of, you know, who cares about that stuff? It doesn't really play on television, but, you know, maybe you have more hungrier survivors 
more conflict. And so I like it from that perspective. And you're right. It does seem as though there is a shift to try to make the person who is the provider in the group be a more important cog. You're, you know, Brad Culpepper, you know, if you get rid of him, it's like, oh boy, uh, well, he's the only person who's, you know, bringing us fish. So that's a major blow. You know, we should think twice before we get rid of uh, that guy from the group. Right. Probes talks about it. He says, uh, you know, you can't get rid of somebody who's very good at challenges as a tribe because you need them. So you shouldn't be able to get rid of someone who's very good at fishing either or a fire starter or a shelter builder, at least not without consequence. So if you do run out of rice and you do run out of fish and you don't have any coconuts and you call me asking for more, the note on the rice is pretty clear. It'll cost you. Uh, so I think that that's the idea of just sort of like heightening that social component and like, you know, just complicating that a little bit further. I'd be fine to just like give them like a good amount of rice. It's tough out there. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to lose weight. Are you speaking from experience now? <laughs> I'm not. I'm no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the end of Ghost Zero for you. Can't can't weigh in too much. I'm sure it does not require much imagination to to figure out <laughs> how all went for me. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Josh, what else can you tell us about Survivor 36? What else can you tell us to get hyped? I mean, I can tell you that. Uh, so Ghost Island is insane and very cool and really, really awesome just in terms of like being out there and experiencing it. And I think that visually it is going to be stunning and really cool. And I'm very excited about it conceptually. But in terms of like visually arresting scenery on Survivor, the Tribal Council this season is absurd. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is. Go it on. Is, It is out of this world. Like it's so like the whole kind of like idea behind the creative of the season this year is that there was this, there's this Island called ghost Island that has always been lurking out there and it has been collecting all of these different, you know, pelts basically, you know, collecting all of the different spirits of these bad survivor decisions. Uh, And it's been out there and people have been haunted by them and tormented by them. And now ghost Island is finally just surfacing towards our view. Like they've like kind of like really internally come up with this sort of ridiculous mythology towards it. And that extends to tribal council where this season's tribal council is kind of being looked at as like an ancient place as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you get there, it's kind of like, it's really jagged. Like the, like the, the, the sticks are just like sticking out all over the place. There's like all these sort of like mythological masks in like survivor form, like these tiki versions of like the happy, sad masks you would see through Greek mythology. And then the kicker is the voting booth, which is the survivor God. It's like this gigantic survivor God head that you enter inside of its mouth with its flaming eyes looking down upon you and then you cast a vote in the urn and you are doing all of that while you are inside like the mouth of madness of survivor Mm -hmm. and it is the most unbelievably absurd and wonderful thing that i've ever laid eyes on as a survivor fan uh the tribal council set this year is (laughs) it's just tremendous um so i've got a story about that that's going to be going up on thursday it'll have my interview with dax that you hear in the first episode of first one out alongside a couple of photos. I can't say enough about it. I just, I loved it. I loved the tribal council set design this year. Uh, my favorite in a good long time. And uh, certainly 
in the conversation for the best ones overall, I think. Yeah. Do you think that at the finale that the giant face will uh, be looking down at everybody from CBS Television City? Oh, without question. There's no doubt about it in my mind. If not, then like huge, huge whiffed opportunity. Uh, it's it's crazy. Dax Poynton, who is the, the art department head, who who is uh, largely responsible for the tribal council design and does those builds uh, in uh, for the reunions, uh, was talking about how the uh, the survivor god structure, the vote structure this season is the tallest one they've ever had, which is saying a lot. I mean, the lighthouse from Game Changers was huge. Um, so really it's 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 impressive it's yeah. intimidating Good. i would be like if, if i was an active force in the game like if i was a player in that game i would like you know i think you'd already be like completely unsettled by being at tribal council anyway but i can only imagine how intimidating it must have been this year you know not unlike how we went so hard into the wand off last season you know i'm happy to see the survivor creators just going in absurd directions just to 100%. keep themselves sane yeah, I think that they loved Ghost Island. <laughs> like, I think that they really enjoyed themselves quite a bit to the point that, like, I would not be surprised if we see, like, Ghost Island 2 or Ghost yeah. Island 3. Like, I think that this thing is out there in the ether. And if that's the case, and it really is basically, like, uh, a really kind of like a, a more dynamic ghost uh if ghost island is like a more dynamic exile island and something that has like a little bit more game mystery involved to it but otherwise doesn't really force a theme other than survivor uh like really putting survivor forward and you're getting tribes that are going to consist of contestants that aren't being split on any kind of theme like that takes you away from like triple h territory mm-hmm. so like to me it can only be a good thing like i'd be i'd be pretty happy with a return to ghost town i guess we got to see how it shakes out right. this season but just as an idea i thought that it was really fun it's outside the box it looks incredible let's see how it shakes out in terms of gameplay you know, and one of the things that i had been advocating for for years was with survivor staying in one location and i really think that they have the opportunity here with this ghost island just to make it a permanent fixture i mean why does if ghost island if it works and we like it why does that have to go away like shouldn't all the different relics from the future seasons then go and be a part of ghost island and then for new players to come there i mean i know they try to change things up every single time but they have the opportunity to create this magical place in the world where people go to play survivor and that's where all of these different artifacts end up going there this survivor museum which you get sent to sometimes on survivor yeah it's like this mythical driftwood that just like washes ashore on ghost island and stays there forever out there yes yes i listen i love it i don't know about every season feels like a lot but i i would maybe not every week but sometimes maybe a couple times a season somebody gets sent to the ghost island and that's where all this stuff is well, I think it required uh, some really elaborate work to to build Ghost Island out and to really come up with what they were doing out there and to be able to to maintain it. So I think if they were going to do it, I think just because of the investment, uh, the time and financial investment um, and the manpower investment that has to be put into it, I got to imagine they got to use it with some frequency. So I don't think that you could just have Ghost Island being out there as like, 
I don't know. I mean, like an envoy, like an envoy from Ghost Island could like ship out to you and like strand you on like uh, the ghost boat, like the ghost ship, like at the USS Exile Island <laughs> that we saw in Game Changers. Like that could be fun. That could be great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll hey, is see. Debbie I, I, like the Dread Pirate Roberts <laughs> now that she has to yeah. go and be the next person that you get to get advice uh, from? Yeah, sleep well, Wesley. Most likely won't kill you in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Dread Pirate Debbie sounds like a great character, though. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Josh, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with us that you picked up in Fiji. We will be hearing from you again uh, quite shortly on the next edition of First One Out. Can you just uh, give us a sense of the release schedule on First One Out? Yeah, so I can give you the release schedule on first one out. How about that? How about we? How about we just you know we cut out the mystery yeah, there and just, just let let's you know this up. Yeah, all right. So get your get your calendars out, everybody, so that you so you know what we're doing. We've got the first first one out is already available for you right now for your listening pleasure. Uh, the second episode of first one out is going to be out this Friday. We are going to have the third first one out is going to be coming out on. February 7th, Wednesday, February 7th. The fourth first one out will be on your podcast feeds on Valentine's Day. Very romantic. A very, very loving gesture on our part. The fifth first one out uh, and the sixth first one out are going to be doubled up. Uh, We are going to have two foos in one week. We're going to have Foo 5, uh, the fifth episode is going to be coming your way February 19th. The sixth episode will be coming your way February 21st. And then the penultimate first one out. We have, uh, it's an extended season. It was six episodes last time. We've got eight episodes of first oh, one out for up. you this year. We got a pickup. We got an extra, uh, you know, and usually like the added episode order, it's like kind of like no one really knows what to do with those extra episodes. Hopefully we're, we're going to be okay here. Uh, just to really just like set expectations. Uh, we've got the seventh first one out uh, coming your way on February 20th. 26, two days before the Survivor premiere. And then, of course, the final first one out of Ghost Zero's season is going to be coming your way on March 1st, the day after the premiere. Okay. Uh, so eight episodes of first one out. Uh, you're going to get to hear four players at a time uh, in terms of the interviews, in terms of the profiles. Uh, the uh, the other contestants are, of course, going to be weighing in on them along the way. That's a big part of the fun in terms of listening to to those episodes, I think. Um, I'm really excited, too, uh, about the, the, the music component of First One Out this season. Uh, it's actually uh, it's actually a team up between myself and the debut of my of my brother into the RHAP Whoa. universe. How about that uh who's like he's basically like me uh with like the hair of kyle jason uh is like kind of like uh somewhere in the nexus between like zach galifianakis and kyle jason a fantastic individual my good brother uh my brother ben who with his music partner nick campbell they are the band the sun in the room and they are providing the soundtrack to ghost zero uh which is really fun Really exciting. Seek them out. They've got uh, they've got a Facebook page, a SoundCloud, all that good stuff. That's in the show notes. Uh, and it's it's fun for me because they used to be in a in a band when I was in college, and their music was incredible. Uh, they were in a band called Arizona at the time, and then they disappeared. They broke up. They went scattered to the to the nine winds. And now Ben and Nick are making music together for this project and potentially for other projects moving forward, which is uh, they're reversing their own curse, Rob. <laughs> so it's the the theme of Ghost Island extends to the creation of the behind the scenes on First One Out. So it's a very exciting thing. 
for me. And if you're looking for some good tunes, I would check out those guys. They've got some great stuff for you. Your brother, did he have something that he was like, hey, this is perfect for you? Or did you tell him what your vision was and they composed something? Yeah, we kind of talked it through. We spent some time sort of talking. Like I wanted it to, like I wanted this to be familiar and similar to the first first one out in a lot of ways. But also, I think that like the like the musical palette of the first season, I don't think would apply very well to something that's like a little more uh, like much like Ghost Island in cell itself. How it's sort of in the realm of very serious but also totally ridiculous first one out lives in that exact realm as well where it is it's presented very seriously but is also totally absurd and ridiculous but i wanted it to kind of have some sort of like haunting tune to it as well something that's just like a little bit jarring and just sort of uh unsettling and so we talked through some ideas on that and ben and i worked out uh, the the theme that you hear and Nick Campbell is the guy who really brought it to life with a lot of great instrumentation. So uh, very exciting stuff and some guitar interludes from my brother uh, along the way as well. So uh, very excited about that. We've always wanted to work on a project together and we've never been able to do it. Uh, and now's our chance. So hopefully it's the first of many. At, at, if nothing else, it's very exciting for this one project. So uh, makes me very happy. So it's, a, it's a, a big part of the of the appeal of the project for me. All right. So with that in mind, we've got more first one out coming up in about 24 hours from now. If you listen, to, I mean, that's presumptuous to assume you listen to these as soon as they come out. But, you know, Friday. So that's that's coming up. Uh, I also am going to have the opportunity to draft Big Brother celebrity contestants, Josh. Oh I know you're God. so anti Big Brother. But what about Big Brother I'm, celebrity? I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's so I'm short. Th- thinking of that's the appeal that's the appeal like i don't give a crap about any of the people that are on it uh but there's nobody is, from the uh big brother celebrity cast that is you know crosses over into anything you're interested in not really like i don't know like except for ross matthews that seems fun um, mark mcgrath that uh, could it be any <laughs> sugar ray wand off entries yeah i think that that's possible i think that's definitely a possibility I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about it. I am thinking about it. I am genuinely thinking about giving Celebrity Big Brother a shot. Uh, this is the best shot that I've that I've ever had at giving Big Brother a try. Just because <laughs> not not even the celebrity appeal, but the three weeks. Like I feel like I can handle three weeks. So I will be drafting with the LFC coming up on Thursday Night Live. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for that. And then uh, we've got a uh, much more amazing race going on as well. All of Josh's first one out. Plus, we'll get into all of our Survivor preseason content as well. So make sure you're subscribed. Rob has a website dot com slash iTunes. And again, we appreciate those feedback and star ratings. Get everything that Josh is working on over at THR. Josh, will you also be publishing print interviews with all the contestants on THR? Yes. 100%. So, uh, in fact, we are going to be, we'll have an article up every single day between now and the premiere of Survivor Ghost Island, weekends included. Uh, we are going full tilt, uh, full tilt into the Survivor preseason on The Hollywood Reporter. So, interviews with all the cast, those are going to, those are going to roll out starting Saturday, I believe, according to the schedule. Thursday, we are going to have our Tribal Council and Ghost Island preview. Friday, I have a cast preview coming uh, from Jeff Probst weighing in on all of the cast members. And then starting Saturday for the next 20 days, we will have a profile on every single one of the players that were out there for Ghost Island. And then a few more tricks as we move closer to the premiere. Uh, so bookmark it, thr.com slash survivor. 
It is the place to find all of the things. And don't forget to follow at Round Howard on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sesternino. And of course, if you are a Game of Thrones fan and uh, you may not have known that Josh and I are in the midst of a Game of Thrones rewatch. And this week we just published our Game of Thrones season two, episode nine, a rewatch of Blackwater, one of wow. the definitive Game of Thrones episodes. So you can check that out over on post show recaps dot com josh anything that else was fun yes that was fun that was a good one i really enjoyed diving into that anything else no uh no i'm just going back into my spy bunker and working on this these survivor shenanigans for you guys that i hope you enjoy uh it's a it's a ridiculous thing that is happening over here but uh we're back first one out is back survivor preseason it is on and before you know it the wand off shall be back in our lives as well. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, everybody. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.